but I reached out to her and she's like, you have to do it. Uh, it totally prepares you for school. And I, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll try it. And oh boy, did it prepare me for school. Well, welcome back to The Current here, everyone, uh, the Torrey University, California alumni podcast. Uh, hope you are having a great summer so far, uh, very early in the process. Um, I'm having a great summer. Um, I am uh, I'm Bill, your host uh, of the, the Current, as usual. Uh, I have a, a co-host with me as I have for the last i don't know five episodes or so uh chris mida our new alumni engagement officer chris thanks for joining us again happy to be here again well um i know you're you must be very excited because you love having our alumni guests uh part of the show we've got two guests tonight um our first one is a soon to be uh, second year um osteopathic medical student, uh, Joy Enfield. Joy, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Um, and special guest number two, also uh, osteopathic medical student, second year, uh, Dylan Loquist. Dylan, thanks uh, also for joining us today. All right, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, you uh, are both uh, the kind of alumni that... Um, Chris isn't quite sure what to make of yet because you've graduated from Toro, but as I mentioned, you're also both students at Toro still. Um, and that is because you both went through our deep breath in Master of Science of Medical Health Sciences program. Okay, there we go. Uh, the MS MHS program, which is a mouthful to say every time I say it. Um, it is a, a program, I think, even for the people here at Toro that's a little bit shrouded in mystery um and we're going to try to like clear the air on that um so I, either one of you can, can can sort of start but um tell me a little bit just sort of how did you find out about uh the ms mhs program and what was it that made you think like i mean becoming a physician isn't a long enough process i'll add an extra year <laughs> uh, what was it about the ms mhs program that that sort of appealed to you Jory, I let you start out with this one because I know we Jory and I. Uh, just a little introduction: we uh, were close together uh, when we were in the master's program, and now in our since we just did our first year, we've we're, we're lab partners uh, for our osteopathic uh, manipulative medicine uh, course, and we also have done some research together. So we know a little bit about our histories, and I I'd, I'd love for Jory to to start off with this one, then I can share mine. Yeah, thank you so much, Dylan. Uh, so I'll just start with a, a little intro why I was interested in the master's program. Um, I learned about Turo several years ago um, from a mentor of mine in San Diego. I had been wanting to learn what osteopathy, osteopathic medicine was all about. And I wanted to learn a little bit about OMM. I had a really fortunate experience with and alumni in San Diego um, from Toro. And that experience made me want to learn more about Toro's programs. Uh, 
few years down the line, moved to the Bay Area and had the opportunity to actually come to Turo and see what it was about. Um, at that time before COVID, there was a shadow program where we could actually come on campus and um, watch in, in this particular case, second year osteopathic medical students going through their uh, OMM osteopathic manipulative medicine class. And I got to speak with them. I was really impressed by what I saw. And I was, I knew at that point that Turo was going to be my number one school. And okay. I just wanted to see what I could do to get in, into this program. Did a little research and I found this master's program, which, uh, ended up being the, the perfect program for me. And I can expound on that a little bit later, but um, yeah. I'll let Dylan take the reins here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I am, well, I was in my final year of undergrad at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I was a kinesiology major, so sports medicine. I was originally looking to be a physical therapist. Hmm. And so I was getting all my prereqs for that and then I had the idea of, well, I want to go to medical school and less of an idea, more of a, a passion. And uh, when it came to my fourth year, I was looking at my stats and starting to study for the MCAT. And I realized that I wasn't going to be as competitive as I'd like to be to get into a school in California right. uh, because born and raised, well, uh, raised in California uh, since I was 10 years old, I have slowly worked up my way to the coast from San Diego yeah. to San Luis Obispo. <laughs> To NorCal, yeah. and uh, you'll retire just, in Crescent City at some point. Like <laughs> I, I'll retire. Yeah, Redlands. Yeah. I just keep going. Right. Up, maybe reach Oregon. Uh, and my stats just weren't competitive uh, as I'd like. And I took the MCAT, and my MCAT score was not as competitive as I would have liked as well. And so I knew a student at Cal Poly who was a couple years ahead of me, who was a kinesiology major, and they had done the program at Toro, the master's program, and they excelled in it and got like, I mean, it's now going to school in New Zealand, which is crazy. Uh, but I reached out to her and she's like, you have to do it. Uh, it totally prepares you for school. And I, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll try it. And oh boy, did it prepare me for school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it, is, it was a crazy, awesome experience. And it was certainly had its fair share of challenges. And I'm sure Jory and I will get to those challenges, uh, including all of it being online and COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hint, hint, <laughs> uh, some of those challenges. Yeah. But so that's how I found it. I applied uh, in January and found out in uh, later that year and started that fall in 20, was it? It was 2020, right? Yeah. Jory, that's been, yeah. I think that's it feels right. like so long ago now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You started at an interesting time. Um, so maybe you could, I know it'll be a little bit different for students that may be coming in because hopefully COVID is going away and more things are on campus. But can you talk a little bit about not only that experience, but about the program itself and what it entails and how it does prepare you? So maybe we can start with Jory again. Um, sure. So... Um, my, my interpretation of the master's program is that it's kind of like a, a taster into what your 
first year of medical school is going to be like. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not going to get the, the full breadth of that first year, but a lot of what you do in the master's program is going to be a very similar curriculum, but just kind of like an abbreviated version and you get to go through it a little bit slower, which is actually really phenomenal because you have time to really dig into that content. And at the same time, you're being supported by the most terrific uh, faculty you could ever imagine. And everyone is there just to help you succeed. They want to see you succeed. And mm -hmm. that is what made this such a special program, I think. Um, there is a culture of being like a family of support. And you just have all the, all the space in the world to um, dig into that content that you're going to be exposed to later on. But when you're in your first year, you're going to buzz through it so fast. It's going to go like a flash and you're going to be like, what happened? And you're going to come up to being at the point where you're studying for boards and you're going to have to dig through that material again. And I think for us being in the master's program, we built a really strong foundation and it's kind of like going through this solid first pass where everything is just kind of there. And then you get to the point where you're in your first year and you're just building upon that foundation and you're learning some, some new things. And then by the time you get ready for board study, it's like strong foundation to just keep going from, I think that's a, that's my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I can elaborate on that. I think the one sentence answer to this would be the master's program at Toro is sort of like just a crash course of your, your first couple of years of school, but without the doctoring courses or the OMM or osteopathic manipulative right. medicine aspect. And I was not expecting that. I, you know, when I hear masters, I think, okay, like the masters in medical health sciences, there'll be some, but it, I mean, it's just, I, I didn't know what to think of it until you really get into it and you're like, oh, wow, this is, I mean, it is, I would say it was a boot camp for how to study really right. and how to manage and balance uh, student life. Because one thing I always talk, I've, so I'm in school, all my friends are have jobs and mm. I almost looked at studying in school as, as my job because I, you have to create hours for yourself. You have to find time for the things that you like to do. You have to pay the bills. You have to go on walks and get outside and, I mean, when you have everything online, that makes comes becomes pretty challenging. Uh, and to elaborate on that, just specifically, like what courses we take, uh, we touch on sort of everything that you, like Joy said, that you get in step, uh, minus more of the clinical stuff, but we still get sprinkles of that. So like courses like anatomy, biochem, uh, physiology, we have two separate ones in the fall and the spring, microbiology. And we even have a biostatistics course uh, throughout the entire year, which is helpful for the research component of the mm. master's, which I think is the shining star in all of it. Because for students, for pre-medical students who are trying to boost their resume, I mean, it has it all. You, you, know, you get the GPA booster of well, going and performing well in the master's program that will shine, you know, if you have a less competitive GPA, uh, the MCAT, 
you don't need to have the MCAT to go into it. So after you do the master's, you can choose to take the MCAT after or before. I, Jory and I, I think both took it before. And because so right after the master's, we were able to go into that next year. But then the research component is well, part of the reason why Jory and I are so close because we, uh, through the research that we did in the master's, I was able to kick it back up in my first year and had an incredible opportunity to uh, work under a grant uh, from Toro's parent university, Toro right. University College and Sy or Toro University, I think yeah. is what it's now. And uh, yeah, Jory and I worked on a project and, uh, you know, just uh, with uh, live subjects, our classmates, and it was just super cool opportunity. And that would have never existed had it not been for the master's program. Right. Um, one, one thing I sort of touched on earlier, and I'm going to, I'm going to, out Chris as a philosophical genius. Um, she, I remember her saying once uh, when the question came up um, about, you know, how long uh, the program is that, you know, just medical school in general is, uh, you know, it's a four year long program and then there's four year residency. So, I mean, it takes a while to get through this whole process. Um, but when faced with that question, I remember Chris telling somebody, um, time is going to pass anyway. <laughs> so uh, you might as well just go ahead and do it. Um, but this this master's program, uh, as beneficial it is, as it is, I, I feel like it can be a little bit jaunting in that it takes an eight-year <laughs> process and adds just an extra year to it. Um, and I, I feel like I know the answer to this already, but uh, does it seem like um it was a good decision on your part now looking back uh that you can say yeah okay yeah it was an extra year but man what what did i get out of it like it's it's a good thing i did that um i'll i'll take the, the start on this if that's okay um so i would say it's more than a good decision it was really a necessity right. uh, at least for my situation so uh, the type of student the place I was coming from was I hadn't been in school for about four years. Mm. When I was in school, I um, had actually been pretty sick. So my grades weren't as strong as I would have liked them to be. And I really needed an opportunity to show what I was capable of. Right. When you're out of school for four years, I was working during that time, getting all kinds of great clinical experience, but I hadn't been in an environment of learning. And uh, I hadn't taken my undergrad courses for quite some time at that point. So going through this program for me was necessity because I got to, um, you know, strengthen the foundation, as I mentioned earlier, and um, really get to showcase what I could do. And then a few added benefits that I weren't expecting was getting to connect with a really amazing community early on and develop some bonds that were going to help me later on down the line. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off to Dylan. Yeah, so I think this is good that Jory's here and I'm here because I'm a different case than Jory. I have not been out of school uh, right. since high school uh, right. every year. because I So I went from graduate high school in 2015. I graduated college in 2020, but I identify with the class of 2019 because right. I had to do two extra quarters at Cal Poly to get my prerequisites. And then still, so my first year is I wanted to do physical therapy. And much like Jory, I, my 
grades were not reflective of, I think, my true potential. And my second two years at Cal Poly, I was, I was getting Dean's List and doing a whole lot better academically. But it wasn't enough to bring my GPA up to that competitive uh, level. And so I needed that extra push. And also to sort of prove to myself that, okay, I could do it. Uh, mm. And I mean, fast forward to now, and I don't regret a single decision. That extra year was totally worth it because it helped me confirm that I really wanted to do this because it was a good teaser of what was to come in year one. And the master's is one one year program. Right. It's pretty jam packed and it's it's a good, okay, I can do this. And so, yeah, that's no regrets on uh, doing it and uh, very right. grateful for the opportunity. And I think you raise a great point because I think the flip side of that is also true. Um, it's a, it's a big, like, I think you've gotten yourself into a jam if you're in like year three and you realize, Oh damn, I don't want to do this. You know, like, um, so I think that the, you know, the master's program is a great, you know, if you're, if you're not sure, and that's, that happens all the time where people, you know, through their undergrad, they change their major because they, like, you know, they get mad at their dad or whatever, like, you know, so they, you know, I'm not going to law school, I'm going to do, you know, dance or whatever, you know, whatever thing it is they change their mind on happens all the time. And so people might think like, oh, yeah, I want to be a doctor. And then like, they go through this program. And it's like, oh, this isn't what I thought. <laughs> um, so I think it's a great, it's a great tool just for that even. Um to, to help you realize like, Oh, I better hit the exit ramp <laughs> before I get too far into this. And, um, and then I'm really in deep trouble because now I've piled all this debt on my head and I don't have a degree, and, you know, I've got to start over and all this sort of stuff. Um, one of the things though, and, and I know Chris is going to get to this, um, is this isn't, uh, the, the, the stuff that you do isn't just all college programming stuff. It's like real, it's real stuff. Like, um, but anyway, I don't want to step on Chris though. She's got her question all ready to go. No, no, because I, to sort of build on what you were saying, I mean, there's the exit ramp idea, but there's also this, this idea that you suddenly are like in your element and, you know, loving the program. You talked about your research a little bit. And I'm wondering if you, and I'm sure you'd love to talk about it, but <laughs> can you tell us about, research is a very important component of the program. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your your project and what it entailed and where it's at now? Because you said you still have worked on it some in your first year. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll start off and then I'll, I'll field it to Jory because, uh, well, we're both working on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and well, to bounce off your question as well, Chris, uh, you know, ode to I, being in the master's program and just at Toro and in higher education is really the first time I kind of felt at home uh, in regards to just like uh, it, on Friday night uh, in undergrad when all my friends would be not studying, I'd be studying because I had a test on Monday. And I mean, the life of an undergrad or a, a pre-medical student is is uncanny uh, just because like there's so much stress that's that gets put on you uh, to achieve academically uh, to this high level and just for a shot to get in. And so, you know, when in the master's, everyone was studying on Fridays because the next week we had 
a test. We had four tests in one week and then two the week after. So it just got to put your head down and, you know, prove, prove to yourself that you can do it and also want it. Um, now to go out to the research, uh, in the spring is when you sort of start the research project. And this was COVID. Everything was online. And I wanted to learn about OMM or osteopathic man- manipulative medicine. And I wanted to see if we could do it somehow virtually or so by being COVID safe, uh, I talked with some various professors at our school, uh, various physicians, and was able to come up with a, a project that involved monitoring uh, individuals' heart rate recovery. Uh, so, and an OMM procedure called uh, the suboccipital release. And so heart rate recovery is the time it takes for your heart rate to recover after a bout of exercise. Typically, it's measured in one minute. Uh, And so the healthier you are, the faster that heart rate recovery is. Or So my heart rate would go from 180 to resting, about 60 beats per minute in a minute. That's a pretty good heart rate recovery. And so suboccipital release is a, a form of OMM where the physician, or in this case, we took a rolled up towel and placed it right under the bump on the back of your head uh, called the occipital. Um, oh, wow. Joy, I'm going to need you to help me out on this one. I'm, I'm like... Protuberance. Yeah, but I, 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 I didn't want to be too, I wanted to try to make it less medically, but yeah, it's, it's bump, the occipital. Uh... Occipital bump, the, the, the yeah, bump on the back of your bump. head. Right. <laughs> it's, it, it's right in between the where the occiput meets uh, the first cervical vertebrae and sort of the second. And there's a lot of muscles that get super tight uh, from studying, you know, having that, that right. cram the neck or on your phone. And so it kind of relieves it. And there's a, a nerve called the vagus nerve, the rest and digest nerve. It's in charge of parasympathetics, the rest and digest system of our nervous system. And so... Essentially, the in the study, we got everyone's heart rate up. I led a, a HIT workout, uh, so an exercise class. And then uh, we everyone had heart rate monitors on. And then we started the uh, recording of we had, once it was 15 minutes. And then, boom, starting recovery. We had a control group and a experimental group. And we looked to see if you know, the self-applied occipital release showed an improved heart rate recovery because uh, rest and digest should decrease your heart rate. You know, resting, when you go to sleep, your heart rate's slower than when you're exercising. And uh, yeah, and that inspired some future projects, which uh, I'll let Jory touch on because uh, he is, uh, dare I say, an expert or a budding expert <laughs> in these fields and has a, a lot of history in recording heart rate recovery and another thing called heart rate variability. But yeah, in short, that is uh, where it all started. Yeah, fascinating. But, Go yeah, ahead, Jory. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was a, a wonderful Genesis story there. Um, so I'll, I'll pick up moving on to the next year, our first year of medical school. Um, we found that there were some pretty cool devices um, that we could get into, like Whoop. Some some listeners may have heard of Whoop. It's a band wristband that you wear um, pretty much 24-7, and it's tracking continuous data uh, throughout the day, which is much different than getting, you know, like a five-minute time period of a few data points. Now, this is like kind of a game changer. 
So what we wanted to do is see what the effects of osteopathic manipulative treatment, OMT, were on your heart rate variability. And now we could track HRV throughout the day and get like a really accurate measure on this. So this is the project we're currently working on. And we're going to have that up and running soon where we're going to have some students um, getting actual treatments. And we're going to get to see um, that data over time. It's going to be really amazing. It sounds like the research has really just ramped up your excitement about medical school. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, research and different things with clubs. This is like what kind of lights us up, I think, because we, we get to do our curriculum, which is wonderful. But then we have this creative outlet through clubs and research where we really get to participate in what fires us up. And yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. It's great yeah. to hear. It's um, for sure. Um, <clears throat> before we before we run out of time, I, I did want to sort of circle back. Uh, I wanted to let you guys just sort of have one last thought about what this program has meant, because I want to put it in perspective. We have um, when you're armed with your uh, master's uh, in medical health science, uh, that, that's there's no guarantee, uh, even at Toro, <laughs> that you're going to get accepted into medical school. Um, and I'm sure it's like this at medical schools around the country. Um, we get a few, you know, a few thousand applicants every year for about 150-ish seats or so. So it's already highly competitive, um, even for the best of students. This um, this must have not not just for your own personal like sense of like oh I know I can do this now, but just it 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 has to be so important to make that application as strong as possible. I just wanted to have you guys kind of uh, have a final thought about how important this has been for you. Um, so how, how important the um, strengthening our application is? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So of course this is kind of like a stepwise process. You know, you go through a process to get into undergrad, you have to do a certain number of uh, things to make yourself a strong candidate. And then once you finish your undergrad, it's the same thing when you're going into a master's program, you got to really get clear on what you need to do to be the candidate that they're right. looking for. And also it's not just the candidate they're looking for. It, it's really important that you're a good fit for this school. So for right. me, it was important that I actually went there and went to some other different schools and asked the students questions because that's the only way you're going to get the data to know that you're a good fit for their school and that they're, you know, you're the candidate they're looking for. Um, yeah, I'll pass it on to Dylan. Yeah, to uh, sort of go off of what Jory said, not only is the master's program a, a good test to see if you're a good fit for Toro, uh, but also just a good fit for medicine overall. Uh, it, because what I've learned in these past two years and I guess over my entire academic career or dare I say career career, um, <laughs> it just, this is a lifelong learning uh, experience and you're always going to be learning. Uh, there's going to be stuff that you never know. There's going to be stuff that you become expert on. And I think that's the beauty of all this is that 
you know, throughout the masters, throughout med school, you start and undergrad, you, you kind of figure out what uh, makes you excited. And, and, you know, for Dory and I, it's this type of research for other people, it's, it's pathology, it's anatomy. And it's, so it's just cool to kind of continue this lifelong journey of learning and uh, the master's program just allows an extra year to, to really test that in a concentrated way. And right. uh, it's changed a lot because now they will be in person uh, in, the, in the future years. You know, right. the anatomy will be in person and it, it's just going to change and sort of add a new aspect to it. They'll make it exciting. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a, an underrated program, but uh, not underrated students. I'll tell you that much. We've had some fantastic physicians come out of the master's program. Uh, one recently was the national student doctor of the year. Um, so you got that to look forward to as a bar to get over. <laughs> um, uh, we are, we're so sure that you guys are going to do such great things, uh, moving forward, um, for Chris Mitta, um, and our Two guests, student doctors, Jory Infield and Dylan Moquist. I am Bill. I want to thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, we will see you on The Current.